Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. And we're continuing to unpack our family church leadership principles. And today we're talking about a topic that is at the absolute center of who we are organizationally at Family Church. In fact, we're focusing our entire 2022 Church for the Rest of Us conference on it. And you can check that out at churchfortherestofus.com. We'd love to have you with us in February. We're going to have an awesome conference. It's going to be one day. It's super cheap, but super fun. I would recommend that you come bring your team, bring your spouse, bring volunteers, whoever you want. Come in on Wednesday, hang out with us all day Wednesday. Conference is on Thursday. Stay till Friday afternoon. Plus February in West Palm Beach. I mean, my gosh, there's nothing better than that. So I hope that all of our listeners will check that out and make some plans. But today we're going to talk about the importance of being a collaborator. And this whole idea of collaborating together is vital. And uh, Leslie, we have some really excellent collaborators with us today at the table. So let's talk about it. All right. So we have the one and only Christian Ramos. Um, you probably know him from many podcasts, including The Mom Village, um, which oh, he is yes. a frequent guest on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not going to attempt to roll my R when I say your name, but you could do it for us if you want. Christian Ramos. There you go. There you all go. Right. Nice. So Christian gives um, leadership to all of our worship leaders. And then we have the one and only Erica Brooks, who serves on our team at Family Church in the Farms. And she's on our kids team. And we do a lot of collaborating in our kids team. So Erica, so why don't you kick us off with the idea of what do we mean when we say be a collaborator? I do love the fact that our kids team does that well. We make it a priority to make sure we come together as a team. That's exactly what it means to be a collaborator. You make the choice to do that. You bring people around you, have the advisors. You make it more about we and not just about I trying to get things accomplished, having the same goal. So I love that we get a chance to do that. And we also make sure that we have opportunities to listen to one another We make sure we trust one another when we're doing that. It's team building. And we want to have that team goal to go towards the same agenda when we're meeting together weekly. So we're going to unpack more of that later. But I know that we make it an opportunity to work better together. We have a group decision making and extraordinary teamwork. And so, Pastor Jimmy, I wanted to know if you could share where you got that idea. Yeah. So this is so important because in every organization, you have an organizational structure, right? So even by our constitution and bylaws at Family Church, I'm I'm the lead pastor. So ultimately... I'm the boss, if you want to put it that way, but that's not how we work together at Family Church. We want to be much more like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, because what the story of King Arthur is, is that he brought these knights together and sat around the table, and he wanted a round table instead of a table with a head, because he didn't want anyone at the head of the table. He wanted to be first, because he was the king, but first among equals. And that's why we want to function in every meeting that we have at Family Church, no matter who's leading it, is that, of course, there's an organizational structure, but we want to treat one another like brothers and sisters, and we believe that we're better together. So collaboration is such a big part of that, sharing leadership, discussing ideas, developing processes, developing our culture together. And it's so vital because otherwise you end up this top down kind of a perspective where the person at the top is the one coming with all the ideas. Person at the top is the one hearing from God and then like 
dumping all of their ideas on the people below them who have to then implement them. That is the opposite of what we want to do at Family Church. And all of our listeners, I would recommend that you consider being intentionally collaborative. And if you think you already are, I'd encourage you to do it even a little bit more. And Christian, we didn't just make this stuff up out of the air. There are actually some scriptural verses, some scriptural principles that we're basing all of this on. Yeah. Actually, our biblical foundation for all of this really comes out of the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. And we have, I want to read for you some scripture related to this. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And then Proverbs 24, 6 says, for by wise guidance, you can wage your war and in abundance of counselors, there is victory. So this idea that together we are better, (laughs) better together. That's right. This idea too of group decision making. Recently, we studied from the books of like Deuteronomy, Exodus and Deuteronomy, and then we jumped into Acts. And I thought it was super insightful. Pastor Jimmy started talking about, okay, we don't want to lead like Moses, like you just said, coming down off the mountain and delivering to this people. That was the Old Testament model. But in the New Testament, when you move into the book of Acts, you see group decision making. You see the churches meeting together. You see them praying together, fasting together, and then together, you know, hearing from the Holy Spirit and making those kinds of decisions. So we really put a high emphasis on group decision making. So each of our principles that we put out at Family Church come with some practical ways that they flush out on our team every single week. And so we just want to walk through for our listeners, what are those practical ways at Family Church that we can be a collaborator? So who wants to kick us off, Erica? Yeah, I'll start us. So we're talking about creating spaces, cross-functional meetings, teams, conversations. And as I shared earlier, we do that well as a kids team. We make it a priority. I think of the creating a space as the space of time. Like we create that time and make it a priority to meet weekly. And as we do that, we have all of our kids teams coming from all the campuses under one roof. We have great communication, great conversations, working towards a goal together, putting together the content, putting together the scripts, the skits, all of those things that we're doing. And we're making sure we, as we're doing that, we are getting closer and building bonds with one another and we're working f- with each other's strengths. So we're not in silos. We're not doing this by ourselves. I get to work with amazing people who are going to elevate what I can do and then they get to elevate what they're able to contribute to the team as well. Yeah, and I think too, Erica, one of the things that's awesome about the way we get to work together is, for instance, this isn't the first time you've ever been in a conversation with Christian Ramos. Even though you attend a different campus than Christian does, even though you're working in kids, he's primarily working in worship and creative arts, and yet you're frequently in conversations and meetings together because we believe in cross-functional contact. Absolutely. And it's so crucial to what we try to do. You know, I would say, well, Erica was thinking about this in terms of making time for cross-functional meetings and all of that, I also think that spaces within the organization matter. So like actual rooms where people can be working together and we might not be in the same department or working towards the same specific idea or goal at the time, but just being around one another, I think it's so important too, because that's part of being a collaborator. I love that my office is close to the graphic designer and she's doing her stuff, but I'm around. <laughs> You know, and I can walk in and see what she's doing or I see what our creative pastor is doing and just having spaces where people can collaborate one with another. Now, I will say that some productivity goes 
down slightly <laughs> because slightly. <laughs> slightly because when you actually when you do decision a uh, group decision making and when you work with a bunch of people you can make a, a longer it takes a little longer yeah. you can make decisions a lot faster with right. one person than you could with 10 but the value of the relationships and being in one another's really ministry seeing what's happening right. i think it's super important well, plus the value of make a better decision when you have more input that's what right. those mm-hmm. proverbs are telling yeah. us there abundance of counselors but you also have more buy-in. So even if I was to come to our team and say, here's what we're going to do, everybody might say, well, I mean, we all work here. And if he says what we're going to do, I guess we're going to have to do it. But it's so much better if Christian and Erica and Leslie were in the conversation and have arrived at this same decision together. So now when we go out, now all of us are equally evangelists for the new decision instead of just like, hey, we work here. What else can we do? So I think that's super important what you're saying. Well, the second point that we have under this is pull the right people into the right conversations, regardless of their place on the organizational chart. And I love how we do that uh, within our teams. Basically, in a lot of ways, it's really being modeled by our leadership, right? Right. So when we sit around the table, we kind of ditch the organizational chart in some ways, and we all see each other as peers. And this is what you were referring to originally, Jimmy, with the analogy of King Arthur. But we are, we're in this together. We're serving together. And so when you pull people, you pull people, the right people, to a conversation that maybe that person might be an intern. That person might just be a part-time associate or or minister, but pull them into the conversation. They're the right person. Their level in the organization doesn't matter to us at the end of the day when it comes to bringing the right people into the conversation. We want to hear from the right people for that decision and for whatever we're thinking about doing. Yeah, let me give you an example of that. So if we're having a parenting conversation, I might want to pull Erica Brooks into the conversation because she has a college student or high school student. I might want to bring Christian Ramos into the conversation because all of his kids are preschool and elementary. I might want to bring Leslie Bennett into the conversation because all of her kids are adults and out of the house. So it depends on what the conversation is about, what we're talking about. And so you wouldn't do it by, yeah, but we have to have the, the youth pastor and then we have to have... No, we want to get the right people to the table for this conversation. I actually learned that from Andy Stanley, and that's one of his leadership principles that I've really tried to learn from. Yeah, I think that's great because we have an example right here in this room. We all have different titles, if you will. We all bring have different roles in what we do in our organization, but we're all communicating as equals, and we all have the same goal, and we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. When we have other people being able to speak into this and have different experiences right. and, and just life experience and just things that they can bring to the table. We have someone that can broaden our vision. We may be tunnel vision. We have a a one place and one track we're going, but someone can speak into something and bring new life and bring a new vision and really bring us into a new, on a new road for this. Yeah. Like what if I wanted to talk to someone whose son was the long snapper for a nationally ranked college football team? (laughs) I would look around and go, Oh, I got to talk to Erica Brooks. (laughs) That's That's who I'd want to talk to. That's really exciting. Pretty, pretty amazing. It sure is. All right. What about our next one, Erica? So we are also talking about how it's a priority to have face-to-face communication. Yeah. So I think that's crucial. Lots can get lost in translation. That's how I think about it. So that can go multiple ways. So first of all, you can get lost in translation when you're communicating via email or text because you're not hearing the tone or just the body language or whatever is happening with that. But at the same time, there are people, and I think that there are some in this room right now that have many, many emails that are unopened and many texts that are unopened. And so what if you are not actually getting through to that person? So there's just multiple layers to making sure you're meeting face to face. There's the relational part. And then there's just the fact that you want to make sure it's 
heard and received well. That is so vital, man. So many people try to contact and and send important information over email and text. It is horrible. Email and text should be reserved for literally like lists of information, such as this event starts on this day at this time, be here and wear this. But if you say, yeah, but why are we having that event? That's not an email. That's a conversation. And boy, we should pick up the phone or we should stop in each other's offices or make an appointment. So crucial. And we really work hard, Leslie, to do that with our meeting schedule. Yeah. So we have a lot of face-to-face meetings. Obviously, we had a challenge in the last couple of years with face-to-face meetings, but we had our Zoom meetings and our our team (laughs) meetings and our mask-to-mask meetings for a while, but we were definitely ready to get back to -to face-to-face, even as we gathered as a church. I mean, everybody felt like this, so we'd rather be face-to-face than digital if we can, because like you said, that's a better way to build relationships and really understand that person. And I think we have to pass that on to the next generation, though I'm not sure if we're doing that, but we'll work on that. Yeah. And a big part of our culture is face-to-face due to all the meetings that we have. And people ask us all the time, when when do you get work done? And we always say, right, that is work. We're actually building relationships. And part of the face-to-face communication (laughs) and relationship is that you're building trust with one another. I mean, like seeing you guys here, it's a lot more meaningful to me and my relationship with you than actually just seeing you over Zoom. There's a lot that gets lost uh, when uh, you don't have the body language and you don't have, get to be in the same room together. Right, right. Yeah, and the other thing is if you're going to truly collaborate. So it's easy to say collaboration, and what you really mean is lazy because, okay, well, now I don't really carry any responsibility because we're going to collaborate as a team. But that's not the way we do it, Christian, no. and that kind of goes to the next uh, item on our agenda here. Absolutely. We talk. the fourth point here is practice strong preparation and full engagement. And this is a huge deal. Everybody that's in the meetings when we're together, we have full ownership over everything that's happening. So we try to prepare and preparation means a a lot of different things. Maybe it's your preparation coming into the meeting, right? So your engagement, the way that you're listening, the way that you're engaging with your peers and the the communication, it might be that it has to do with the work that you have to do after, right? So you go to a meeting that you weren't expected to get all this responsibility, but you get the responsibility because maybe you are the one that's geared the best to do the things that are needed. So I think part of what we want to do when we work together is that we keep this communication open by practicing preparation and being engaged with one another fully. Yeah. And I think some of that just has to go with putting down our devices because, you know, when when people are holding devices, it's almost impossible. And I I know people have to have, they want to take notes electronically and they want to check their calendar electronically. But the truth is, even when we're doing that, it's very, very difficult not to also check a text, return a text, look at something on social media. And with the best of intentions, which is why I highly recommend that when you're in a meeting, I recommend that you basically just don't use a lot of electronic devices unless for, hey, let's pull out our calendars right now or whatever. But the rest of the time, I'd encourage people to learn how to use like pens and pencils and paper because when everybody's got their devices open, you can watch their faces and know that right now he was engaged a second ago, (laughs) now he's somewhere else. And that's not full engagement. And if you're going to truly collaborate You can't allow that to happen. So no matter what size your organization is, that's just an idea. I'd encourage you to consider it. Yeah, I agree that there can be those distractions. Things pop up. Of course. And you are going to have that squirrel moment where you take off and you go on to something else. But I think it's also really important to have yourself prepared for any type of connection with people, collaboration, because it shows a high value. 
You yes. have a high value of what you yes. are bringing to the table, the subject, the goal, and then you want to make sure that you you see the value of what they're going to contribute. And you're honoring their you're honoring their, their time and what they're going to contribute and how they're going to participate. So I think being prepared has shows high value for what you're talking about. Yeah, and part of that is just whoever's running the meeting. You need to start the meeting on time and finish on time. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we know, hey, we're going to be here for an hour or an hour and a half or three hours, you know, however long the meeting is then you ought to be able to lock in and and focus for that amount of time for sure. And Eric, I think the next one's really vital. And for people who like to talk a lot, this person (laughs) right here, this can be tough. Yes. Yeah. So talking about getting distracted, it's very important for us to listen carefully. So every voice on the team deserves to be heard. So with that, we want to emphasize how important it is to listen to not always have to be the one to speak first, to to not always have to blurt out our opinions or our thoughts. We want to sit back and listen, let other people have opportunities to share, to shine. And Latine, they're going to have something to contribute because again, as I shared earlier, we could really kind of have a tunnel vision on where we're going. But when other people share their thoughts or share their goals, we can now broaden the direction we're going. Yeah, no doubt about it. So vital to listen and it just shows honor. And if people don't right. think that you're really listening to what they're saying, eventually they'll stop talking. Yeah, and then you, you lose tell. one of the counselors that can help you get victory. Well, I will say that I was reading a book recently and it said that listening is an act of love. And so oh, if we really care for one another and really love each other, we're going to listen to one another. And, you know, I actually struggle with this quite a bit. I'm a, like a high eye personality. I like to talk first. I like to jump in. And what happens is that when I do that, I silence the the voices that I really need to be listening to. And so sometimes in meetings, I got to call them out like, hey, what do you think? And they're like, well, you already said it all. So what can I say? <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, but that's part of the growth process here. And I love the fact that I get challenged in that area as well to love one another by listening well. I remember too learning about this principle. And when you are concerned about what you're going to say, you're really not listening you're thinking about what I'm going to say next right. instead of listening to the person who's talking. So oh, if you try to just tell yourself, I'm going to talk less and listen more, you usually serve yourself well. And also the less you say, the more tend people tend to listen. At least that's, that's how true. I feel about certain people. They don't talk a lot, but when they talk, it's valuable. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, I'd rather be that person mm. than the person that everybody's wishing would just button it up mm-hmm. finally. That's so true. With that, I'm done. No, I'm right, exactly. One of the challenges we Podcast have, though, over. <laughs> one of the challenges we have, though, when we're collaborating and pulling people into meetings is uh, people say dumb stuff in meetings, and they, their ideas are dumb. I'm so, what glad, do do? I'm so well, glad that Christian gets to say this. Yes. I, well, yes. this is uh, point number six here is respect the ideas of others, even if you don't agree. And we call that the umbrella of mercy. Yes. And I will say that I use this quite often. Um, <laughs> well, you're a creative, though. That I you am. use it or need it. Uh, I need it often. We usually well, need something larger than an umbrella. We, we also mentioned the poncho of grace, which uh, right. covers you completely. But the, the whole idea here is that when you say, and we say it in meetings, right? We go like, hey, umbrella of mercy, I'm going to share this idea. You're basically letting people know that you're about to share something that you feel might be a little bit dumb, but meaning that you're making yourself vulnerable in front of others. And so that vulnerability actually builds the relationship with others because you're kind of revealing a little bit, maybe it might be of your funny side or your thought process, which everybody, sometimes people are amazed at the dumb ideas that I have. But what they do when you actually start being vulnerable with one another is that what they do is that actually it might spark something in somebody else. And so I actually enjoy the process of asking for the umbrella constantly. <laughs> well, plus, plus the umbrella, I mean, what you're really 
saying is I haven't had time to fully flesh this all the way out. That's true. I have kind of the beginning of an idea. So don't start cross-examining me as if I've got I've written a PhD dissertation on this. Okay. <laughs> I just had this idea and I need you guys to take my idea seriously, but let's see if there's any merit to it. And so I think that's because otherwise if people have to have fully orbed concepts and answers for every potential, you know, eventuality before they share an idea. Well, no one's ever going to share anything. Yeah. That's right. You know, Jimmy, we say, we use this a lot in, in our ministry. We go, every idea is a good idea. And we don't mean that every idea is actually a good idea, but yeah. every idea is good enough for us to follow it, to see where it leads us, because we yeah. know it might lead us to something valuable. Yeah. So we, we always try to encourage one another to use that umbrella and to offer mercy and grace when people are giving their ideas. And so. it really truly is collaboration, because the number of times you've been in a situation where somebody shares their dumb idea where they need the umbrella, but that dumb idea sparks something in somebody else that... And a third person adds, and then next thing you know, you come up with an idea that everybody really loves. That's right. Exactly. And it kind of sparked out of the what might have seemed like a dumb idea. So <laughs> well, it's always was, worth sharing. I was chatting about this with Pastor Christian ye- yesterday, and he was sharing, if you have a brainstorm, you're going to need to have an umbrella, uh, right? That's, that's, that's right. line. That's your it's line. I'm taking it. It's a storm. The brainstorm <laughs> needs an umbrella. That's good. Have the so grace. Crazy. Have the grace. And <laughs> also think about it, just because you might disagree or not. Think, you know, think an idea is dumb. Well, we want to make sure we have that we're all going for the same goal, the same. Right. We may disagree on the method of how to get there, but we're still trying to all get to the same goal. So let's try to work together, understand that there might be different routes to get there, but we want to have that grace. Well, too, Erica, I mean, all of us think differently. And so that's one of the things that to, for me has been honestly one of my lifelong challenges is just recognizing that other people process information differently. Other people have different emotional responses to situations than I do. Other people have a different kind of way of walking with God than I do. And that's okay. And which, which also means that in our church, there are all these people who are going to respond differently and have different types of engagements. And so if I go from the perspective that everybody's going to respond the way that I do, and everyone's going to think the way that I do, then boy, we're going to really narrow down who we can reach and who we connect with. And part of the beauty of collaboration is you get some other people who have some other ways of going at it. And really you find that when you employ different methods, different techniques, different ways of engaging, you actually engage a broader swath of people, which is our goal. That's That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I I know another principle that we want to talk about for collaboration is sharing ownership, giving others the chance to take the lead. I think that's really important to making sure other people have an opportunity to shine. When we let other people on our team take an opportunity to lead, we can see if they have where their strengths lie. Mm -hmm. We can enhance those. We can coach up where they may have some weaknesses. I think if we are always trying to just do what we always do, we are actually taking the lazy road. We need to bring other people in. We need to coach them up and we need to make sure we're developing them to take this to another another level or bring in where they have their strengths. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great word. Part of working together and loving one another in this environment is expecting the best out of each one, each mm-hmm. other. So like in some ways, when you give ownership to others, you're saying, I'm expecting great things from you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we think like, no, 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 that person can't handle it. I'm going to take it. At least that's how I feel all the time. But the idea that I'm loving others and going like, you know what? 
this person, I expect greatness from them. Like I know they can do it. So let's give them ownership. You guys take it. And so I think letting go of that idea that you think you can do it better than the rest is so liberating. And actually what you see from your team is great development. So over time. You know, one of the things I hear from people all the time is that meetings are boring, pointless. We don't get anything done. How can, what are, what are some things we can do to make sure that when we are collaborating, that it's effective? Leslie, I'm going to pass that one over oh, to you. Oh, you're going to pass it to me? <laughs> you, you, this, this is you and Erica. You too. <laughs> All right. So use agendas, timelines, and action items to move from conversation to decision, to action. And so we have implemented this at Family Church in all of our meetings. We have an agenda. We do keep track of action items and we try to assign timelines to some of those action items. And then we review them in each of our meetings. So you know that when you come back to next week's meeting, we're going to go through those action items and we're going to say, okay, so Erica... And, you know, Jimmy and Christian, and did we do what we needed to do? And so it's not mean. It's just a great way that we can remember, A, what we're trying to accomplish, and then B, hold each other accountable. And if you're stuck, we can help get you unstuck. and We can work on it together. Yeah, this is definitely something I lean in on. I love to plan. I do. I love a plan. A good plan is great because it gives you a clear path. It sets some goals. But this isn't just about the agenda and keeping on focus when you're in a meeting, which is great. You don't want to go off on a whole bunch of rabbit trails. You're going to get nothing accomplished. You do want to make sure you're respecting the time of the people who are there. But it's also like we shared, you have timelines that you're going to add to that. Okay. You start talking about what needs to be done. How does it need to be done? When does it need to be done by? And who's going to do it? So there's accountability there. There's a clear goal. It's like a map, if you will, to make sure you're not going to leave that space with questions. And you can then follow up with those fun emails. But you know, it's very important to make sure that you have these agendas, these timelines and the action items. Too. That's right. Well, collaboration without accountability is just brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Right. But accountability means like you said, right. Leslie, we move from conversation to a decision. Here's what we're going to do to, hey, here's the pathway And did you do it? And so that's super. What's our last one, Erica? So as much as I love a good plan, we want to make sure that we hold all of these things loosely. Our organizational structure, teams, and meetings are always evolving. And so I, I just know that I love a good plan, but we have to do, we do have to hold that loosely. Some things unexpected can pop up. I mean, I Such think- Such as a pandemic. Yes. Epidemic, exactly. <laughs> Last year was a perfect example of that. And, and Pastor Jimmy, through your leadership, we have adopted the phrase that we have to be flexible, adaptable, and agile. Yeah. And that has been something that we are just walking around, just holding our hands open, making sure we have to make plans. You do need to set goals, but you do need to hold them loosely because- Things happen. Life happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And organizations change too. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say that we all know that change is inevitable, but we don't think many times that change is necessary. And a lot of times change is necessary. And so therefore, it might be that your uh, meeting structure really just got too bloated or it's it's not accomplishing the, the, what it needs to accomplish for the type of organization that you have now. Maybe your organization grew over time and you still have your old meeting schedule, but all of these things have to be changing and they need to be evaluated constantly. And we all need to just hold that loosely so that we can do the best thing for the organization that we have currently. Yeah. And so whenever you do that, people get a little bit uncomfortable because, hey, I used to be in this meeting, but now I'm not in that meeting anymore. Mm-hmm. And now we've created this meeting and now I'm supposed to go to that one. But I used to like to report to this person, but now I kind of report to this person. And 
And in any organization, like a family church, five years ago, we had like five campuses. Now we have 14. Well, we have a whole different organizational structure today than we did five years ago. And certainly had a different one than we did 10 years ago. We were a single site church. Mm -hmm. And so just the world changes. And as the world changes, organizations change. Everybody has to hold all of these things loose because we get too puffed up about I'm in this meeting and I talk to this person and I go to that and I don't go to this. Boy, it's going to be really hard for us to move forward. And so collaboration does require an amount of humility and an amount of subverting yourself to the greater good of our movement and what God's doing through Family Church. Well, this is awesome stuff. And I do hope that if you're listening to this, you're intrigued by this. Come to our conference in February. Check it out. Churchfortherestofus.com. Love for you to be with us. And all we're going to talk about is collaboration, creating a culture of collaboration. If you're a single site church, if you're a one man show, but you've got a bunch of volunteers, whatever it is, bring them with you. Come hang with us. And we're going to talk about how to collaborate. Anyways, we're one week away from wrapping up our leadership principles. We're bringing this season to a close next week as we talk about being Excellent. Excellent is a really critical value for all of us to have. We're not perfect at Family Church. I know you're not either, but all of us should be striving to be excellent, not for us, for the Lord. So I hope you'll join us as we share these principles with you. Share this podcast with a friend if you would. Like us, write us a review, tell somebody about us, and feel free to drop comments to us on our website, Family Church Network. I'm Jimmy Scroggins signing off for Leslie Bennett, Erica Brooks, Christian Ramos, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are Church for the Rest of Us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.